Man, I'm glad you're here today, and it's going to be fantastic. We are starting a brand new series on relationships. It's uh, my favorite relationship title ever for a series, Weapons of Mass Destruction. Such a guy <laughs> title. <laughs> It's awesome. How many of you got, you're like, yeah, I've, I, I, I have, uh, I have um, um, delivered a few bombs in, in some relationships. Anybody? Yeah, and it, it causes a lot of destruction. And so for the next few weeks, Laura and I are going to co-teach together. Now, as we co-teach together, Laura and I have been together for a long time, but this is not a, this is not a marriage series. It's going to affect marriages, but it's going to affect every relationship. If you got, uh, if you're not married, it'll affect that that uh, significant other that you have, that partner that you have that you love. It's going to affect that per- that relationship. You got a friendship that it needs mending. God is wanting to mend that. If you've got some uh, issues between siblings or a parent or between you and your child, whatever it is, I believe God can heal that, and He wants to do that. And so that's what this series is going to be about. So we're going to walk through things over the next four weeks. So we have a theme uh, scripture for this. And it's going to kind of set the course for all four weeks. It's found in Ephesians chapter 4. You don't have to look it up. We're going to put it on the screen. And I want us to say it together, okay? So let's just all say this together because we're going to do it every week. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, and harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Let's pray. Father, in the moments that we have together, we are asking your spirit to do your work. What I'd like for you to do, church, right now is you're just thinking about these relationships in your life. What is a relationship that needs mending? Maybe it's a relationship where some bombs have been dropped and it's, it's caused a lot of damage. And maybe there's one, a relationship that you don't really ever care to see mended. I believe God wants to do some healing, and he wants to help you to reconcile, and he wants some relationships to move forward in the good things. But you're going to have to open up yourself today to that and to be open to hearing what God has. So just open your heart to him now in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. All right, you can sit down. Well, a few years ago, Laura and I um, and our family, our our two youngest, uh, a buddy of mine called and he said, hey, do you want to bring the family out and we'll do some some shooting on my property? And so I was pretty stoked. Yeah, you and the boys were real excited about going out there and... You were not. Well, you know, okay, so (laughs) like... um, I love all the Bourne movies, okay? I, I love that action. Uh, but, like, I'm comfortable with people that are comfortable with a gun. But, like, I'm not comfortable with a gun. Like, I just, like, I get shaky. And so you don't want me to hold the gun, right? If I'm the one in the house, you're not going to be like, hey, Laura, grab the gun. I'm like, you asked me to grab a lamp? I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to take that bad boy, and I'm going to hit somebody with it. But I'm not comfortable. <laughs> I'm thinking if there's an intruder. I don't know. I'm on a whole other wavelength. So, so we go out to my buddy's property, and I'm thinking that, uh, you know, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to fire this weapon. I'm super stoked about it. And so he's, throwing, he's got these clay pigeons, and they're tossing the clay pigeons and stuff. And I, I, don't, I, I, I hit like 18 out of 20. I, don't, I wasn't keeping track. Mm, um, yeah. <clears throat> give or take a, a few that I might have missed. <laughs> 
And, uh, and then, so I got done, and he's like, all right, Laura, it's your turn. And I thought, there's no way she's going to take this shotgun and fire this shotgun. Like, no way. Well, the peer pressure was pretty high that day, but he was real confident that I could do it. So I was like, again, he was confident in the gun. Okay. So he said, Laura, there's going to be some kickback. You know, and I was like, okay, I'm trying to brace myself, you know. So I think we actually been married bragged. to me long enough, you know. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. There's gonna be some kickback. I know here. kickback is. <laughs> so I think we have a video. Yeah, we do. So okay. uh, he gave her the gun. I'm like, I have to get this on video. And all right, and so here's the video of Lars shooting a shotgun for the very first time. Yeah. I think I'm ready to shoot it again. What I didn't know is how it was going to go through my chest like that. That was crazy. She's now a card-carrying member of the NRA. I'm addicted. She's got a sticker on the back of her minivan that says, you know, you can pry this gun from my, you know, cold, dead hands. You know, she's got all that, Sal. So, so, So Laura fires the gun. And then our kids are there, so they're going to go. Yeah. And Sky, at the time, was like 10, 11 yeah. years old. And so she's going to go. She's going to fire the shotgun. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. My daughter's going to fire this gun. So he hands her the gun. And, and I said, and she's standing like right over here. And, well, and, and she was over there with him because he knew what he was doing, showing everything. And we had stepped back away. Yeah. So I'm over here, and I, get, I got the camera out because I want to take a picture. And I'm like, hey, sis, like, I want to get your picture. And she goes like this, huh? <laughs> We're all like. Ah. We all hit the deck. <laughs> My buddy, he grabs the gun, points it down, and he says, all right, the number one rule, keep your finger off the trigger. Yes. And keep your finger <laughs> off the trigger. And I would tell you, in relationships, that is really the number one rule. Yeah. Keep your finger off the trigger. Well, because in relationships, there's a tension, okay? If we're honest, there's tempers that flare. Uh, there's things that come up that are real life stuff that are really frustrating and they're upsetting and they make you angry. And so what can happen is in that relationship, man, you're, that tension comes up and that's, it just gets explosive. Yeah. And when that happens, is it not easy to just pull trigger? It's just easy to pull the trigger. And let's be honest, in the moment, feels good, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like, it feels really good. Like, yeah, I let them have it. Right. You know, they, oh, they got what they deserve. Yeah, yeah. Well, or like, I'm not taking this from anymore, them anymore. Like, maybe they've been doing things to you, and you're, you just had it. Mm-hmm. And really, honestly, firing that gun is a lot like that because it's a lot like firing off that, that tension and that, temper and just letting loose. It felt good when you fired that gun, didn't it? It did. (laughs) It did. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to sign up for a course or a class or something. No, I, I, it does though, because it makes you feel strong and powerful 
And if you, especially if you don't, you don't feel that way in other areas of your life, it gives you a, a feeling of control. That's the big thing about it. Like when you fire that weapon off, you feel, you feel like now I'm in control and I'm, I'm exerting a power yeah. over someone and it feels really good. But the problem is, is it destroys the relationship every single time. And if we want to protect our relationships, we've got to take our finger off the trigger. Well, and really, like, how do we do that in the moment? Because it's, it's easy to talk about it right now, but when we think of it in uh, context of that when we leave here and something is really bad and it's making you really angry, how do we stop in that moment and, and change what we're going to do. Well, I love it because Paul, Paul shows us in Galatians, in one of his letters, matter of fact, Galatians 5, if you guys want to open up your Bible apps on your phone or you've got your paper Bible, uh, Paul in Galatians 5, I'm going to look at 513. Um, it says, for you have been called to live in freedom can everybody say freedom? freedom? That feels good. Freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But, there's a but there, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another, which is what we're talking about, destroying one so another. What Paul's saying here is, is, this is some good news. This is some good news for relationships because Paul says that we can live in freedom. Like, I, I don't have to lose my cool. Yeah. I don't have to get angry. I don't have to react in a poor way. I don't have to get resentful. I, I don't have to be jealous. You name it. I don't have to choose those things. Paul says, no, no, you have been called to live in freedom. Like right. Christ, Christ has already paid that price to set us free. Well, and so many times, though, we don't really believe what we're reading. Like we're reading that we're free, but we don't really believe we're free and so what can happen in these situations is because we don't believe that we're free that it's literally like if we walked into a prison cell with the keys in our hand locked ourselves in and then sat down and held up the keys and said I'll show, I showed them. And you're sitting in a prison cell that you actually walked into, which is ludicrous, right? I mean, and you're holding the keys of how to get out, but you're so focused on them. This is what happens to so many of us is that Christ paid for my freedom, but I don't walk in that freedom. Yeah. I hear about that freedom, but I don't accept that freedom. So instead, I, I choose to live in, in bondage, like what Paul's talking about here. I, I don't believe it. We, here's, here's how you know that you're not living in freedom, that you've locked yourself in that prison, prison cell. You say things like this, well, I can't stop. Mm. 
I just can't, I, you know, I, I, can't, I can't help myself. I, no. I can't control it. I, I, I can't do anything about it. And you give up all control. When, when you go and we lock ourselves in that cell, well, Christ set us free. Now, so some yeah. of us, some of us, we don't walk in that freedom. But then there's another group of us that we misuse right. the freedom yeah. that God's given to us. Yeah, we might say things like, I have the right to be mad. I have the right to be angry. I have the right to be able to lash back at them. Always focusing on what I have the right to, which we know in certain circumstances because, you know, we want justice, right? I mean, that's why sometimes we say that because it hurts. And, it's, and we're not talking about things that don't hurt. We're talking about very deep, hurtful situations. Yeah, so often we feel, we feel justified, don't we? Yeah. That's why we lash out. That's why we, we, why we strike back. And, and here's what we think. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock them in a prison. I, I'm going to show them, and I'm going I'm to put them in their place, and they're going to be the ones locked in that prison. But what actually happens in that moment is they're not the ones who get locked in the prison. I'm the one right. who gets locked in the prison because I get locked in things like resentment, yeah. and I can't get out of resentment. I get locked in unforgiveness, and I, I have no power to forgive. I get locked up. In bitterness, and they're not the ones who are locked up. I end up being the one that's locked up. Well, and like you're talking about, like, then that makes me, okay, um, and all of us become uh, cynical, uh, negative, uh, bitter. It starts then pouring out and oozing out into all our relationships because it can't not affect everything around you because it's happening in here and it's going to go out to everyone around you. It doesn't just stay right there. Here's the thing. You may be right, but you got to make sure you react in the right way so you stay free. That's what Paul says. He says, don't misuse your freedom. Then he says something that's so stinking hard. He says, serve one another in, in love. Like, love is the key to our freedom. When we go and we lock ourselves in that cell, and we are the ones who do it, no one else does it, God doesn't do it, the enemy doesn't, we just walk ourselves in there, we lock ourselves in, and we're holding the key, and the key to our freedom is love, is what Paul says. Yes, yes. And how do we take our finger off the trigger in the middle of that heat of the moment, right? Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about being upset. You're right there. You're ready to lose your cool, and it's ready to be explosive. And how? You're Because, like, you know, emotions are crazy. I mean, like, I, I can't control that in the middle of fighting, and how are we going to do that? But I like what Paul then goes on to say, like a little bit further down in 16. So we're looking at Galatians 5, 16. He actually says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. That's, uh, I mean, that's it. I mean, without the Holy Spirit, we can't do it. But let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then 
you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Craving is a is very powerful thing. Um, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us the desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. So basically, we have these two forces fighting each other constantly. Matter of fact, it says, so you are not free to carry out good intentions because these forces are, it's like basically like good against evil. Yeah, it's a battle. It's so, if you, maybe you're not like, what is this, what's, what's happening? If, listen, all of us, 100%, whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're not, every one of us have what's called a sin nature. Come on, turn to somebody if they came with you, even if they didn't, and tell them, hey, you you got yourself a sin nature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> Come on, tell somebody right now. That feels good for some of you. That was worth the price of admission right there. I have been wanting to tell them that for a long time, and I'm glad I told them in the house of God. Okay, So we all, we all have a sinful nature. Now, here's the good news. If you're a follower of Jesus, you also have the spirit of the living God in you. Yes. Now, here's the issue. The sin nature is always going to be there, and Christ's spirit is always going to be there, and those two are always doing battle. They're battling for control in your life. Well, and because the sin nature wants to take us back into bondage. But the Spirit, like God's Spirit, like when we read the Bible and we listen to godly music and we listen to things, we read his word and we pray, that's embracing his Spirit, okay? And then that's what gives us the freedom. So when you see somebody, right, that is uh, in a relationship with Jesus and they are just being so free, it's because they're walking further and further away from that sin nature, and they're moving in the things of, like, they're reading the word. They're embracing it. They're, like, doing it. And you can see the freedom in people's lives when, when they're embracing the Spirit. Yeah, and I, think of it like this. If you don't understand really how, what the sin nature is, think of the sin nature like the bomb-making factory. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a bomb-making factory. Like, it's where they are assembled. It's where, they, it's where anger is armed. It's where harsh words is armed. And, and it's all assembled right there. And what happens is, in the heat of the moment, we place an order. We place an order for yeah. anger, for bitterness, for resentfulness. And we, sh- we go down, and, we, and that order goes in. And guess what? The, the bomb-making factory, the sinful nature, is faster than Amazon. Yep. I mean, it is same moment delivery. I don't even know how it works, but it works. Boom. It is there, and it yeah. goes off before you know it. Laura and I experienced this on the, the very first time we ever went on a canoe trip together. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, some of you have done that. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm not sure that it's really a positive thing for us to go yeah. in a boat together. I always tell couples when I'm, when I'm counseling them for uh, premarital counseling, I, I always say, have you ever been on a canoe trip together? They're like, no, don't ever go on a canoe trip together. Well, because my idea of a canoe trip is oh, it's listen to this. Listen a to beautiful this. day. I'm in a boat with my husband, and I'm thinking, you know, right where the, instead of like the ice chest right there, I'm thinking, you know, a picnic and uh, maybe even like a parasol, 
You know, I mean, I'm thinking. This is what I live with, people. This is, this this is, is where I live my with mind goes. So I'm like, this is going to be so romantic. So I'm thinking, we're going on a river. This is going to be awesome. I hope we hit some rapids. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> so we get in this canoe. We're not even 30 yards down the water and um, quickly realize that Lars in the front of the canoe. I'm in the back of the canoe, and I quickly realize she I don't. Even, I feel bad. I don't even know how to say it right. Um. Well, first of all, you were asking me to put my paddle in either left or right. And everybody, everybody, right now, go to your left. Well, no, now go the to opposite. your right. No, you you do it. Do it where you're sitting. Left side, right side. Not okay. that hard. Okay. All right. So. Well. So I'm excuse just saying. me. I was getting ready to tell my story. So. Um, Somebody has just placed an order to the bomb-making factory. (laughs) Uh, Let's see if I do that here, then it's, you know. So I, for some reason, and I don't know why, but I do know my left from my right, but that day I did not. So when he started saying, hey, you know, you want to, you know, he's got that loud voice. Hey, you know, put your paddle in the left, you know, whatever. I'm, I, I don't know. I, I'm still on the picnic and I'm trying to find my parasol. So the word, so. <laughs> and, and so then he begins to get louder. Because I think if I get louder, maybe she'll figure she'll out where the left right. or right side is. And then it escalates. And, you know, when you. We're like it, 20 yards <laughs> down. We're doing circles in the river. <laughs> Glad we don't have a picture of that then one. Then we finally get going. It's like we run into this bank. Poof, run into this bank. Poof, run into this bank. Poof. I'm like, just let me do it. So then I said, no, let me out. I want out. I'm walking back. She, st- she started to get out in the middle of the river. In the I middle of the river. I can walk. On water? It's only happened <laughs> twice that I know of. All right. <laughs> this so, is like the whole this is kind of like the theme of our fight so let me out i i'm mad at you so we we <laughs> i don't she doesn't get out and but <laughs> we just feel like we're just gonna tough it out yeah so tough it out yeah it was the most miserable <laughs> experience yeah. we could have possibly had it was not fun this happens so often in relationships yes yeah. That we get frustrated with somebody, and we think if, we just, if I just yeah. drop the bomb, maybe they'll change, but yeah. then they don't change, and then somebody's like, I want out. And you're like, yeah. you ain't getting out, and then what do we do? We just kind of tough it out. Yeah. Well, we just tough it out, and, and nothing, is, it's, and you are in a miserable existence with that person, and that is not the way God ever intended for your relationship to be. Because we have no ability to actually stop it. When it's that far out, and it's what I call way up here, you just can't. You're just not going to. In your own, without Christ, without the Holy Spirit. You oh, but not. we try. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We I, try. I can do it. I can try. Because we want control. So, again, it goes back to, I, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to get control of this. Yeah. I'm going to conquer it. I'm going to get then, control of him. And, <laughs> And, wow, yeah. Not, but what yeah. happens when you try to get control of it? It doesn't work, does it? It gets worse. It backfires on you. It, it can get worse. And, and not only that, then you, then you have this failure after failure after yeah. failure. I think, of the, I think of the sin nature like a cat, okay? 
Anybody cat owners, cat owners, you have a cat, you grew up with a cat, you've had a cat. How many of you have never had a cat in your house your entire life? Raise your hand. Okay, good portion of you. Those of you who have not had cats, you will not understand this, but the cat um, is, a, is a lot like sin. Okay, that's kind of what I think of. <laughs> Don't say that. I love cats. <laughs> so if you've had a cat, have you ever had them scratching up your furniture? Oh, like that claw like sound that. going down? That is the worst. Mm-hmm. And and this is what happens. When they're clawing the furniture, you you will go to, I've never done this, but I've heard of people that do. You'll reach down, grab that cat by the back of the neck, and you're like, oh, no, you don't. You are not going to claw my furniture. And it's in that moment the cat looks at you and goes, that's right, boy. I ain't going to claw your furniture. I'm going to claw your eyes out. Mm-hmm. That cat turns on you and starts clawing at you. You cannot control a cat. It's impossible. Absolutely. And you cannot control your sin nature. Yeah. The only hope that we have is what we've been talking about and what Paul talks about here is let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Yep. When the Holy Spirit guides your life, what Paul says is, then you won't do what the sinful nature desires. Such a key word because desire yeah. is so powerful. Yeah. Well, and desire can mean a lot of things for different people, but also, you know, sometimes if you think about desires, like maybe like say you desire uh, dessert, okay? So, uh, Brad and I's favorite restaurant is Longhorn, and we love to go there. For one reason. For one reason. We, there's a dessert there that we are in love with. And we've never had this. Uh, it's, but I'm telling you, this thing is crazy. You're going to want to go get this sometime. But if I get Valentine's, go there. Um, so um, it, it's like when we go there, the last time we were there, um, the, we were looking at the menu, and we were trying to figure out, and we were like, yeah, we wanted to order that. We wanted to order that. Uh, but we went ahead, and we ordered our meal, and we filled up on our meal. And when the lady came back, she was like, hey, are you guys ready for dessert? And I was still trying to remember what the name of it was. And so she was like, well, what is it? And I was like, well, it's this uh, chocolate um, and I always come up with all, all these different words. And I don't know why I can't remember it. But I'll, I think. I just call it sinful pleasure. <laughs> That's how I order it, too. Same way. Right. <laughs> so I said it something is like amazing, chocolate people. decadence or something like that. And she, so finally she goes, is it that one that has the nine types of chocolate in it? And I was like, that one. Yeah, nine yeah. types of amazing. Yeah. But that day we had eaten our meal. And so we weren't hungry we had filled up on you know some good food and we really were too full to actually eat this dessert and really that's what we're talking about is that we fill up on the Holy Spirit we fill up on the things of God we fill up on his word and on prayer and then we're not so craving to do the sinful nature because we're never going to actually be able to starve it out because that's what we try to do yeah we do we try to starve i am not going to do this but that never works what you've got to do is the obvious like when the when the waitress came and, and she said hey would you guys like dessert and we we said oh we just don't have any room right for that 
And what you, we have to do in our lives is get to a place where when the bomb-making factory starts trying to deliver stuff into your life, when, it's, when you feel yourself starting to get angry, you're like, I don't have room for that because I'm right. so filled with the Holy Spirit that I don't crave that. I don't desire yeah. that. And so often we're just trying to starve the simple nature. It's the wrong approach. You're going to fail every time. So if you find yourself getting angry, you find yourself being resentful, you find yourself throwing out the harsh words, what that says in your life is you've left way too much room. Yeah. And you've yeah. got to start filling up on the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the Holy Spirit's desire for us and the way that we are to respond is in love, which a lot of times we aren't looking at love at what Christ really is talking about, the kind of love that is like a healing balm, not like a balm, but like a B-A-L-M, like a healing ointment over something, that when we respond in that kind of love, that that literally can cause healing to come. Yeah, it disarms. It really just disarms that weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. And, and what I, I've really learned in, in my life over the years is that um, I can respond in love as Paul's talking about here, the response is love. That's the response we're trying to get to, love. Yeah. But I know that I can respond in love because I understand how much God loves me. The, the apostle John, uh, John, who was considered the beloved, he was called the beloved, Jesus' best friend on this planet, he said this in 1 John four nineteen. he said, we love each other because he loved us first. Like Christ this is what happens to me. The reason I want to react in love is because, man, he loved me in yeah. my sin, yeah. in my rebellion. Like when I was cursing his name, when I was acting out in inappropriate ways, in ways that were not honoring to him, he still loved me unconditionally. Yeah. Like yeah. when I didn't deserve grace and mercy from God, he still gave me grace and mercy. Yeah. Well, and I choose to love because Christ loved me. And that kind of love is an action. It's like a verb. It's like, that's why it's active. That's why it helps us to make that decision in that time, in that moment, is what we're talking about, to say, I'm going to choose love. I'm going to choose to love them because of what Christ did for me. And that's the way I'm going to be able to combat all the feelings, all the emotions, all that going on. But the other thing is that a lot of times we feel like the weapons are in someone else's hands, but the weapon, the weapons are in our hand. We have the ability at that moment, because we're choosing love, to choose not to shoot those weapons on someone. And the way you the only way you have the ability to do that is not on your own. You have to first take your finger off the trigger. Yeah. And then you have to hand that weapon over to God. You have to hand it over to the Holy Spirit. In that moment, it's a choice. Yeah. So when it comes down to it, it is simply a choice in that moment. 
I am going to give this to the Holy Spirit. And I like what Paul says. So we, we looked at Paul's letter to the Ephesians when we started, and we've been looking at Galatians. And we're going to just look at this real quick. You can write this down. Philippians chapter 2. You might want to read yeah. this letter, letter later. Philippians chapter 2. Paul says this. When I let the Spirit have control, he gives me two things, power and desire to do what is right, to yeah. act in love. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to show love, and this is what's so key for me, the desire to right. love. Like, right. there's times I don't have the desire. I don't want to love you right now. But when I take that weapon and I hand it to God, he, through the power of his spirit, injects me with his power and the ability and the desire yeah. to love. And that's what we're going to be talking about over these next couple of weeks. So Laura and I are going to be co-teaching together. And I hope you're going to come every week in this series because we're going to talk about this thing called love. But we're going to talk about the different weapons of mass destruction that we saw in the beginning today from Ephesians. We're going to talk about things like bitterness. We're going to talk about anger. We're going to talk about harsh words. And how do we overcome those things with love? 